What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. So, welcome everybody to another episode of Sweat the Bet, brought to you by Odds Jam. Oddsjam.com is a sports better's best friend, guys. Go check it out. Check out the website. We have so many different betting tools for all of you sports bettors out there, especially positive EV betting alerts. So give it a try. Check out oddsjam.com. I'm one of the hosts of the Sweat the Bet podcast. I'm Andrew Kim, a.k.a. The Parlay Doc on Twitter. And here with me is Matt. What is up, Matt? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, flying home back on the East Coast in a couple of days to go home for a wedding. So it be nice to see the fam. Nice to see some friends. So can't complain. Nice, nice. Yeah. And as you can see, I'm in a different backdrop here in a hotel room. I'm in Orlando, Florida at the moment. So different setup here. Uh, doing a whirlwind tour of uh, Disney World with my kid, uh, Tyler. And we just hit up uh, Galaxy's Edge yesterday, Star Wars, which was awesome. We did Magic Kingdom today. So uh, we'll be back home in Chicago in a few days, but here in a different remote setup at the hotel. Yeah, I got to ask. We can venture a little bit off of the sports topic. So I went to the Star Wars park, whatever you want to call it, in Disneyland in California, super lame, was incredibly disappointed. So I got to ask, how was it Galaxy's Edge in Disney World? Oh, dude, I mean, I've never been to the one in Disneyland. I mean, it was like awesome, man. I mean, the rides, like I'll show you some video clips later. There was this ride called like Rise of the Resistance, like when you're in the ride, like you're in one of these like transport shuttles, just like in the movie. And then you get boarded by the first order. They make you get off. They put you in an interrogation. They put you in an interrogation room. Then you walk into this, one of those scenes where you're like on like one of the uh, star cruisers where like you're in that like docking area where all the stormtroopers are lined up, like, yeah. you know, ready to salute the office. I mean, it's amazing. It's like, you're just like, I, I'm in a movie set. And it's okay. Like, it's in a very immersive experience. So. That makes me feel a lot better because like, I cannot stress how lame the one we went to in Disneyland really? was. It was oh, so, wow. uh, it was so disappointing. Um, yeah. All right. I'll have to keep that in mind. Cause I'm, I'm definitely going on some sort of vacation after football season in February. Cause it's going to be such a grind. And that is on my list of a place to go. Cause I haven't been to the, I've been to Disney world a couple times, but not in the past 12 years or so. You know, from what I've heard, people have told me like Star Wars fanatics have said that, I mean, I think the the one in Disney World is larger and has a few more rides. So that I just hear that it's a bit better than the one in California. So. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, nickname Jedi Modi. I have the Star Wars, well, no, this way, it's Star Wars poster in the background. So <laughs> not hiding from any any sort of fandom there. That's for sure. All right. And speaking of NFL today, that's what we're talking about, guys. So to let you guys know, today's episode, we are going to be talking about a handful of games that we kind of handpicked uh, for NFL week one. Uh, so we pick some of the main primetime games uh, and a couple of the Sunday afternoon games. So we're going to be talking. Let's hear what do we got? The first Thursday night game between the Bills and the Rams. We're going to be talking uh, Raiders and Chargers, Chiefs and Cards. We're doing the Sunday night game. Uh, Bucks and Cowboys, and then of course Monday night uh, with the Broncos and Seahawks. So stick around. We're going to do a quick preview of each of those games, give you our thoughts and our leans or our picks. And at the end, we're going to give you our three best bets. So Matt and I are going to give three bets each. 
We're going to start keeping track of this as the NFL season goes, just to see how we're doing with our win totals. So hang around for those of you degenerates who just want to hear the bets. We're going to do that towards the end, but that's what we got in store for you guys. We're doing NFL week one previews for a handful of select games, but to kick it off, we're going to kick it off with our traditional sweat or no sweat. So since we're talking, uh, you know, Star Wars, I'm going to actually give you a non-sports related sweat, no sweat today. Oh, so, I love it. Here, love yeah, it. Star, Star Wars theme. So, and I'm prepared with a prop of my, from what my kid bought right here. Oh, a lightsaber. Yeah, a build your own saber. So to set the mood. Oh, that is awesome. That's got to go in your office. <laughs> um, here's my sweater, no sweat. So even with all of the new Star Wars films that have come out in, in the past few years, all of the spinoff shows on Disney Plus, to this day, Darth Vader is still the coolest bad guy. Before he turned good, obviously, but he's still the coolest bad guy, even with all the new spinoffs and everything. Oh, that is an absolute, complete and utter no sweat. I got to show you. I have this. If you can see it, let me mess it with my camera a little bit. Can you see that hung up T-shirt right there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Oh, I, I see. love me some. I love me. He was my, let me. He was my background of my, uh, of my phone for the for the longest time. No, absolute monster Star Wars fan or Darth Vader fan specifically. So no, that is the easiest no sweat that I have had to give on this entire show. Oh, that was a fast one. All right, <laughs> I I agree totally with that one. So all right, for mine, unfortunately, is football related. I have to think of some Star Wars stuff for the next one. I don't know if I truly believe it, but given the Tyron Smith injury news for the Cowboys, which we'll get into, which I think is a big deal, I think the Cowboys don't finish top two in the NFC East. So I think one of the Manders or the Giants, and then of course the Eagles finish ahead of the Cowboys in the NFC East. Oh, man. Uh, I'd say, I'd say. I'd say sweat. I, I think sweat. Fair. I, I think. I think. Yeah, they'll still be number two. Yeah, I, I think. I'd hard. I think it's hard to fall below that two spot for them. Yeah, so I'm going to say sweat on that one. Yeah, so one of those two teams would have to be better than expected in order. For, like, I don't think the Cowboys are going to fall to like a four win team or something. So, um, so that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I, I don't know if I truly believed it, but I don't know. It's like I mean, we'll get to it, but it's just a different team without Tyron Smith. And I, yeah. and I have like all the stats and stuff to talk about that, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's a big deal. I think that's a big deal. No, it is. It is. I, yeah. And, and we'll preview that. So we'll jump right into it guys. So we'll, we'll get to the meat and potatoes of our show. We're going to start previewing each of the games that we listen. We'll just kind of go in chronological order guys. So let's kick it off with the, the in, inaugural official game one of the season. And it should be a banger guys. It's going to be the Buffalo bills at LA facing the defending champs, the LA Rams. So, I mean, I'll kick it off. Um, you know, look, uh, I'll try to be brief here, but th this is going to be a tough one. I sat here mulling over this over and over. I mean, there's a few things, I think. Both teams, when you go look at previous DVOA stats, and I know last season's stats don't, aren't really going to apply uh, totally, but – you know, both were kind of top tier, uh, you know, offensively, both were pretty top tier defensively. So, I mean, these are well-balanced teams that are going to be facing each other. Now, what I do like for the Bills, which I'm going to be making a slight case for, is I like the fact that this is week one. So they're not going to be traveling coast to coast with that travel effect. They're, they can kind of just be prepared 
on the West Coast, be ready to play, be prepped, not have to deal with that factor, which people kind of factor in in their handicapping. Um, you know, I did. I do think they've made a few minor tweaks. I know they didn't have like huge major overhauls, but they had Saffold to help the interior line, which I think is going to help the run game. They get uh, Tredavious White, who's returning. Um, they drafted that dude Elam who maybe can make a difference in his first year. They added Jamison Crowder, which I actually think was a savvy move uh, moving on from Beasley. Um, and look, look, he's, he's 29. He's not gonna be some world beater, but I think it's, it's been a rough go for him with who's been throwing passes his way lately. So I, I actually think he's a decent kind of veteran ad. And I think he's going to have a chance to thrive with Josh Allen, obviously be slinging to him. So between some of these subtle moves, um, I mean, look, I, I, they were literally, you know, the top defense, right? DVOA wise. Um, yep. Offensively, they were, they were what top? I can't remember. I think they were seven. I think they were seven. Yeah, top, I thought eight or seven. Yeah, seven or eight. So we, we know they're a really well balanced team. They're obviously one of the favorites, you know, to win this year. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go too in depth about the Rams because, you know, uh, we know what they are and then they've had some departures, but they've had some additions as well. Um, but for some of these reasons, if I have to take a pick, this isn't, this is not going to be one of my best bets. Cause I just, I don't feel as confident, but if I'm going to take a pick, I would predict bills minus two and a half. I would take them on the spread. I can easily see the argument to get plus money on the Rams at home. Cause you're getting plus money on the defending champs at home to open up the season easily argue that but I just I have a feeling and this is so intangible but the hunger factor maybe a little hangover from the Super Bowl I think this is this is going to be one of those bills we're going to try to make a statement win to just start off the season I think it's gonna be a tight game but I'm going to lean bills ever so slightly so if I'm going to do that I will just kind of I you know I'd lean their spread minus two and a half so that's where I'm going with it yeah I um I had to look something up when you were talking. So is Tredavious White, is he expected to play week one? Because the last I heard was that it's still uncertain. That oh, White, it's still uncertain? I thought, yeah, I was waffling back and forth. The late, is it still uncertain at this point? Yeah, that's the – I mean, I Googled, like, his return. And the last art, last update I saw was from two weeks ago that said that he's returning, quote-unquote, sooner rather than later. So he's – so I don't know. So I don't know. But Well, that um, is a factor for sure. So Yeah. All right. So I have some some stats for you. So – in the McVay era, the Rams are 5-0 and in week one. Uh, in the Josh Allen era, the Bills are 2-2. Two and two. Now, even like the 2-2 two and two is a little bit a little bit skewed because they're the – so his first – his rookie year, they played the Ravens and got absolutely curb stomped. They lost like 47-3. to three. Sure. That was his rookie year. That team was terrible. Not really much to put into it. The next two years, they played the Jets. Um, and like two kind of – Un, like not super satisfying or impressive wins against the Jets. Then last year they had like a horrible week one showing against the Steelers lost week one. So Rams are five and oh, McVay, McVay era. Bills are two and two in the Josh Allen era and Super Bowl champs in the last 21 years are thir- 18 and three straight up in week one last 21 years. Um, Cause they always get a home game. Obviously the Super Bowl champ is like the best team arguably the best team in the NFL the year prior. So like obviously a good team, um, but they just like, I don't know, like being at home, having the ring ceremony, like having the banner raised, I think it's like has some, le- add some legitimate juice to what would already be an exciting game in favor of the home team. Um, so I think there is something to that. And the, I mean, the bills, like 
they're Super Bowl favorites for a reason. And Josh Allen is the favorite to win the Super Bowl for a reason. Like the loaded, loaded roster up and down. Um, the way I thought about it, aside from like the historical stuff with like, I mean, I don't know how much you can put into like McVay being ready week one, all that stuff. That's kind of just like yeah. fun stats to, to, yeah, to, fun to stats, fun stats. Yeah. To throw around. But like, I worry about two things with the bills. Number one. Well, I guess my, if white plays, then this whole point is moot, but I could see them having a slower start on defense because they're like white. If he doesn't return, they're going to start a rookie in his place. Um, and they're kind of going to be a little bit weak in the secondary. So while I think they're going to end the year with top five defense, I wouldn't be surprised if we're like four weeks into the year and we're like, what's up with the bills defense kind of thing. And then they kind of get it together towards the end. Um, and their offensive line, according to PFF is ranked 20th in the NFL. Um, so like if there's any possible weakness, it's their O-line. It's not even defensively for the season, but defensively at the beginning of the year. And then it's just the unknown. I've talked about this a ton, but the unknown of losing uh, offensive coordinator, Brian Dable to the giants. We don't know what, like, there's really no analysis we can give because we don't know like how important an offensive coordinator is until they leave. That's just something almost like to put a pin in and kind of reevaluate their offense in maybe like six weeks or so just to see. Um, And on the Rams side, I don't know, like, I've talked about a ton as well that they kind of had an unimpressive Super Bowl run, like as unimpressive as winning the Super Bowl can be um, because like they blew that 24 point lead against the Bucks, against the 49ers. If Jaquiski Tart catches the arm punt interception that Stafford lofted up to him, they lose. And then in the Super Bowl, like McVay, every first down ran the ball for, for two yards, like their most inefficient running offense. He just refused to do anything other than run the ball, which was so frustrating, but they won the Super Bowl. So like, I should just shut up. <laughs> um, but like the Rams have almost always been good in the McVay era. McVay era. They could legitimately be better this year, uh, getting Allen Robinson. Uh, they lost Von Miller, but they, who actually went to the bills funny enough, but they gained yeah. Bobby, but they gained Bobby Wagner. Um, so anyways, it's a long winded way. I actually took the Rams money line on this one. Yeah. It's, it's plus money. Um, I think that like, I would say, I don't know. Have you heard like anything about Stafford's elbow injury? It's like kind of been like some, some weird, like, yeah, quiet. I mean, I didn't really factor that in. Like I, even with me leaning bills ever so slightly I, in my mind, I just, I assume that Stafford's elbow is fine. I mean, I, I mean, maybe it's not, but I mean, just cause they haven't made a huge deal of it. Like they tried to play it off and maybe they're trying to downplay it. But I, in my head mentally, I'm just like, I'm assuming it's fine since they haven't announced anything more concrete that in my head, I, I figured even with my lean, it was with assuming Stafford's elbow is okay. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm I'm picking the Rams, so I'm also assuming that it's just it's just yeah. weird. Like an elbow injury after having four months off, like five months off, is a little bit concerning um, for the starting quarterback of the defending Super Bowl champ. But but I, I went Ram, I went Rams money line. Like McVay's always had his teams ready week one. Granted, he, they don't have like any super impressive wins in that stretch. Like I looked up the five wins. Um, like they beat the Cowboys the COVID year. So not this past season, but the year before uh, they beat the Panthers when Cam Newton was still there before, like the wheels completely fell off, but like nothing super impressive. Um, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm riding with the Rams money line. I like getting them at plus money. It's not often you get the defending Super Bowl champ at plus money uh, to yeah. start the year. So I rode with, I rode with the Rams. Yeah. And that was my biggest debate. I, I think just it's, it's the obvious right there. It's like you get the, the Super Bowl champs and not, not just, 
the fact that they're champs on paper defending it's just they're a good team right i i mean they're a legitimate contender to win it again and you have in my mind a great quarterback and, and to you know to the point of the injury unless Stafford's arm is falling off I mean he's proven during his Detroit years as well as what what he's done in LA unless his arm is literally broken and snapped off he's going to play right so yeah I'm assuming that's what I mean by I'm assuming Stafford's going to play that to get them at plus money I, I wouldn't blame anyone for disagreeing with me and I, I mean I was sitting here internally just waffling back and forth yeah and, and that's why this one wasn't one of my confident ones for sure. So, I mean, I'll preface it by saying that. And, but I don't want to hedge. So that's why I'm, if I'm going to pick one, I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the Bills. But, yeah, I, I would say if, if you're looking for value, I, I just I think there's a ton of value there just to take them at plus money at home. I mean, it's uh, yeah. even if they lose, I don't think anyone's going to blame you for taking a shot at that. So Yeah, depending on the book you look at. Um, like I got them at plus 125 on Fox Bet. But like Fox Bet isn't legal everywhere, so it just depends on the what odds you can get them at. But yeah, I think I think it's pretty juicy back in the Rams. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's move on to the uh, Sunday afternoon games. We selected two of them um, before we get to the primetime game. So the first one we'll talk about is uh, Raiders uh, at LA, at Raiders at the Chargers. So I'll let you kick this one off. So. What were you kind of thinking about the breakdown of this game? And I know you've talked about the Raiders before, so I'm assuming you might be leaning Raiders here. But what what, what were your thoughts and pick or lean for this one? Yeah, I've talked a ton about the Raiders, so I don't want to like just keep keep beating that drum. But I think they could be really good. I mean, they're their top three weapons on offense. I think can rival the top three of any other team in the NFL. Like I'm not saying they're number one, but they could rival them. Now. The Darren Waller injury that's that's come up recently is a little bit concerning. Sure. I've heard that that could be contract related where he's like, oh, like my hamstrings tight um, type thing. We'll have yes. to monitor, monitor that. If Darren Waller's out, then maybe my I'll change my prediction. But yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've even mentioned it on a best bet segment last episode. I'm, I'm riding with the Raiders. They're right now they're plus three and a half. Um, I got them at plus four, but the odds shifted down a little bit in favor of the Raiders. I still like them at plus three and a half. Um, I think like the Chargers offense could be number one in the league, but like, to me, I just think this is going to end within a field goal. Um, like the, the Chargers defense is really what was their, their issue last year. Yeah. And they made some moves to improve that. Like we talked about Cleo Mack, we talked about JC Jackson, but Jackson's already out with like an ankle scope, a minor ankle surgery. Yeah, He's questionable to play. My guess is that they're not going to risk it. Like, why why risk it in week one? Yeah. And then at that point, it's kind of the same bad defense that they had last year. And um, so I I list, mo- mostly love getting the field goal here. I'm not confident in any money line play. I am confident that it will be, the game will be within a field goal. So I I took Raiders plus three and a half. All right. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go into just a little bit because I'm going oppo on this one. So it looks like we're on, we're on flip sides of the coin here. So, you know. I, you know, and we've talked about the Chargers before. So the Chargers offense, we know what it is. It, it, it's it's a juggernaut offense. So that's the simplest way to put it. I'm not even going to get into it, just like Matt was saying. So on the defensive end, and I have talked about this before, um, it, it is a concern. But I do like, you know, Bosa, and I think Bosa is going to be – I think he's set up to have a huge season. I think Khalil Mack is really going to free him up to just, you know, run rampant this season. Uh Again, on paper, we'll see if it's true. I think their run D, you know, is going to be a bit better than last year. I mean, uh, what is it? Sebastian Joseph Day, if he can stay healthy. Austin Johnson, you got a couple other draft picks. So 
they're doing the right things to address a big problem. So if they could shore up the run game, just be a bit better, um, just even be average, uh, I think that would be a huge plus. Um, yes, if, if Jackson's not available, that's going to be a concern, right? Um, can, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. have a better year, step up? Those are all question marks. And the problem is, right, I think traditionally, and maybe I'm wrong, but in my mind at least, I feel like defenses take a couple weeks to catch up, in my opinion, because it, it's yeah. like it's like a well-orchestrated symphony that has to go right. Not, that, I mean, offense, too. You have offensive line, but I just feel like it's a bit easier with that two-man tandem of a QB just lofting the ball to somebody to kind of have that in rhythm a little bit quicker week one, week two. Um, so those are concerns, but I, I do, I just feel like they've made enough moves and enough to address some of those defensive concerns that they could be an average defense or maybe even slightly above average in my mind, maybe not in the beginning, but I, I am going to roll. And this was the key for me. Um, I don't know at the time of this recording, if it's still there, but for a brief time, when I took this. Chargers did flash at minus three on DraftKings for ah. minus a little juice though, minus one twenty. Okay. But minus three versus the minus three and a half. So that I took, if it wasn't for the fact that it was flat at minus three to give me that chance of a push, I don't know if I would have taken it honestly. Cause I, I kind of agree with a lot of Matt's points that this is going to be, a, in my opinion, a pretty tight game that that was the one factor that made me lay some on the Chargers. So I am going to lean Chargers minus three at minus 120 on DK with a little bit of the juice, and I will take that. Um, and that's my that was what pushed me to take that. If it was if it was plus three, I, I would have to think about it a little more, I will say. And I mean, like, I will say the, the more research I do into the Chargers, the more I'm, like, waffling on my Raiders love and want to change that to, to Chargers love because – like they shored up a lot of their offensive line issues from last year, uh, like which was mostly the right side of the line and like their defense, like you said, could be better. So I'll admit the more research I do, the the more I, I agonize over backing the Raiders. But I, again, I just think, I think it'll be a field goal. It's, yeah. Look, you know, it, all of this sounds great on paper for the chargers, but like, again, right. It's week one. There's so many new parts. There's a lot of young parts to that defense. I think legit halfway through the season, I would hope that they're a pretty decent defense. If they're not, I think it's going to be a letdown. I think it's going to be a huge question mark week one, week two. So, I, I you know, I, there, there's who knows. But, you know, the, yeah. these are all hard to pick. But I think, like I said, if, if it wasn't for that half point difference, honestly, I probably would have just focused maybe more on get betting on a total more than anything on this game. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, in my mind, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in my opinion. So Yeah. And I, and I've just been hurt by the chargers so much before. Like I feel like I've loved them so many years preseason, like the Phillip rivers years, like they were so talented, but they just always seem to get in their own way. They always seem to like just injury luck, like, or just horrible game luck. Like I remember one year, they had the number one defense and offense in the entire NFL, but they had the worst special teams. So they missed the playoffs. Sure. It's just like this, like typical charger stuff. But I, I, I think Herbert's good enough to just be like curses be damned. He's just, he's literally too good. But, yeah, he is. But, but this is week one, not the season as a whole. So I'll stick with my Raiders pick. Yeah. Hopefully I just hope it's an exciting shootout, honestly. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how that goes. But yeah. 
All right. So we've been oppo on both of these. This one, I have a suspicion this one, we might be on the same, if we're picking sides at least, we, we might be on the same one for this. So if we move on to the other afternoon game we wanted to highlight, it was Chiefs, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at Arizona versus the Cardinals. Um, so look, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kick this one off briefly. So, you know, on one side of the ball, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are going to be okay, despite obviously the glaring Tyreek Hill loss. Um, not like super excited about adding, you know, MVS or you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, but you know, I think Juju Smith is a nice pickup. Nicole Hardman, eh. Sky Moore, I, people seem to be high on him. I mean, we'll see. He's a rookie. I yeah. Do, yeah, I like the addition of Ronald Jones though at, at running back. I honestly do. I, I feel like that's going to you know step up the competition. Maybe make Edwards Hilaire try a little harder, maybe, or just feel a little threatened. But I, I, I really like. I don't think we saw the full potential of of Ronald Jones, you know, um, you know, in Tampa Bay. And I think, you know, what what limited time he did get, um, he showed some flashes of that potential. Um, he's got more of that, you know, kind of traditional hard nose running style, and and I think that'll actually open up the field a little bit more and open up some variety for schemes. Um, you know, for, for Mahomes and, and Reed. So I really like that pickup. Now for me, the big question mark is just the defense. You know, I just, I just don't know. I mean, they, it, it just seems like they, they made some moves, which I think in the long run is going to be smart for the chiefs to kind of, you know, you know, build a core of young defensive players and build for the future. I just don't know what that's going to translate to this season. Right. I mean, you're, you're asking like Nick Bolton, uh, to really step up and be kind of a cornerstone, even more so than before. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a really young, unproven, huge question mark defense. So it's just is is Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, and this kind of platoon of okay receivers or maybe even below average receivers, is that going to be enough to carry this team with this huge question mark on defense? And I don't know. I mean, that's a question mark for the entire season I have. <sighs> Week one, I I am going to roll with the Chiefs. I, I I just, I just, I am, I just still, and I know people are going to throw numbers at me and there's so many like Kyler Murray defenders, like hardcore defenders. They're going to throw all these stats and they're going to show me all these fantasy things and saying I'm just stupid and I don't understand numbers and statistics, but I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. Um, I'm just really not. And if, if D hop isn't going to be there to kick off the season, that's even a bigger concern with like limited weapons um, even more than last season. I mean, you don't have Kirk, you don't have D hop. So I am going to roll with the chiefs and I'm going to roll with the chiefs uh, to cover minus three minus 110 on FanDuel. That's where I kind of locked in. I think there's been movement since, and I did talk about this earlier, so it's not just me making up a magical number. I talked about it on a previous Sweat the Bet episode, so I did. I already had locked in Chiefs minus three at minus 110 at FanDuel. So that's that's where I'm leaning on this game. Yeah, most books have them at three and a half with a couple having them at three, so you still might be able to get them at three. Um, I mean, I agree with almost everything you said. I'm actually not taking a spread pick at all. I'm actually just taking the over. Um, so I know that like we've mostly been doing straight up, but I just think the like, to me, I think the chiefs cover, but in the, to the Cardinals credit, like all their slow starts or sorry, all their horrible ends to the year is because they start the year better. You know what I mean? Like 
to have yeah. a bad second half, you need to have a good first half. So I, I worry that we're going to get a typical Cardinals week one where they actually play well. Um, and then we're kind of like, and like, also the chiefs are notoriously, well, they're like, they're notoriously slow starters while also being like an offensive juggernaut. Um, so it's mostly the defense, what you, what you highlighted. Um, and I, and I pulled this up. So like, I just looked it up last year, but like, this is consistent with pretty much the entire Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes era. So last year, the first five weeks of the season, the chiefs gave up an average of 32 and a half, essentially points per game. And they averaged scoring about 30.8 points per game. Uh, They allowed 30 points in every single game, except for one when they allowed 29. (laughs) So basically 30. And they scored over 40 once, over 30 twice, and then 20 points the last two times. So to me, I just think this game's going over. Like two good good offenses. I think two offenses that'll probably end the year top 10. Chiefs probably top five. Cardinals probably 10. Um, so 53 is the highest number of all the totals in week one. So there is obviously the risk there. I don't know if this is still true, but I saw a stat that said, if you just blindly took the lowest total and bet the over and the highest total and bet the under that you would profit over the course of an NFL season. That was like two or three years ago. So I don't know if that, if that still holds up, but I do think this number is so high that they're just begging you to take the under which to me is saying that the over is the play. <laughs> um, so I love the over in this game. Like to me, I could like two fast paced offenses, just like everything just screams points. So 53 is a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if both teams scored in the thirties. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, but I, I mean, I looked at the total also and I, I actually was leaning on the over. So if, if I was doing totals, I'd probably lean with you. I, I just, I think, Look with with Patrick Mahomes as a superstar quarterback with Andy Reid, and you got new toys. Again, they're not world beaters, but I think it's going to be hard to scheme for that. Where before it's like, look, it's going to be you know Tyreek Hill stretching the field and Kelsey running down the middle, or you know doing a crossing route, and you kind of knew what you're getting. It's just they were so good, they would just basically still get what they wanted to get, basically. So now. I feel like week one, they'll have a lot of surprises in store. So I think they're going to rack up points. I, and I agree with you. I I, I think the Chiefs D, I, I just don't know what to expect. So I'm expecting points to be put on the board on the opposite end as well. So I could, yeah. I definitely lead the over as well. So yeah, it's the only total pick I have in the five games that we um, previewed. But like to me, like I just, I couldn't feel comfortable picking a side. Like you, you, you can better believe I'm not backing the Cardinals <laughs> at all. But yeah. I'm also the Chiefs side of it makes me nervous. Um, so yeah, I just decided decided to pick. I mean, like the Chiefs games averaged over 60 points total the first five weeks of the season. Like if you just blindly bet Chiefs overs at the beginning of the year, it's generally a pro- it's generally profitable. So I just yeah, I just went with that. Sounds good. All right, so moving on to one of the primetime games now, we have the Bucks and the Cowboys. Is it that, isn't that a repeat? Did they play each other in Week One last week? Week One, yeah, they sure did. Yeah. So why don't you kick this one off? What do you got for us for this one? Yeah. So to me, we, we talked about it in the, um, the sweater, no sweat portion. To me, I think the Tyron Smith injury is a, ma- is a massive deal. Um, so since Dak was drafted in 2016, the Cowboys are 41 and 24 with Tyron Smith and they're 17 and 15 without him. So they're basically a 500 team without Tyron Smith and like, I would argue this Cowboys team, especially on offense, is probably one of the, even with him, one of the worst units of Dak's career. 
Amari Cooper's gone. Uh, they like even in the offseason, not including Smith, they lost two starters from last year's starting offensive line. So their offensive line was already going to be weak, and they really didn't have a, a proper um, backup in place for Tyron Smith to get hurt, which is what he's done. You know, I mean, for the as good as he is for the past five or so years, I don't think he's played a full season since 2015, something like that. Uh, so he's been injury prone. Um, and then, like, they lost Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson in the offseason. Michael Gallup is doubtful to play week one recovering from an ACL. So to me, there's just, even though this game is in Dallas and it feels like a lot of the away teams are, we're backing on uh, on all these five games. But to me, like, I'm just like, I know the bucks are dealing with their own injuries, especially at all also at offensive line. But I think like, to me, I'm just, I, I have a lot more faith in the bucks. So even with the concern about like Bruce Arians retiring and the whole change at head coach, like the entire coaching staff was kept the same aside from that. They just upgraded Todd Bowles. Yeah. He's still the leader of the defense. Um, offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich is still there. He, and he was the play caller last year. So I don't think there'll be too much growing pains on that end. So I went with the Bucks money line. Um, it was a, essentially a pick em until the DAC, or excuse me, until the Tyron Smith injury. Now they're at like minus 117. I got them at minus 120, the Bucks money line. And that's my official pick. Nice. Nice. Well, for pretty much everything you said, so I think, you know, I, I didn't have early enough at kind of that pick them stage. Um, so I'm not going to recap everything you just said, but uh, the bottom line is, um, I, look, I think the Bucks have some shortcomings as well. So more like the long term for the season, you know, I, I have some concerns, especially kind of in the first half of the season where they have not the best or easiest schedule in my opinion, but for this specific matchup, um, I, I, yeah, I, I just think there's just too much balance and, um, you know, I, I wonder if that O-line is going to hold up, you know, to protect Dak, if he's going to be running for his life essentially and being a little bit shorthanded with the weapons, if he's just going to be scrambling way more than he wants to, that I, I am going to roll bucks and I wasn't able to, um, you know, catch that, you know, pick them stage. So I did take bucks minus one and a half. Um, at minus 110. So I, I, I would roll with the Bucks as well, just a slightly different variation or take going a little bit on the spread. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Matt and I are both on Bucks for this one, but I agree. I, for all the same reasons, to be brief on this one, I, I'm going Bucks as well. Yeah. It's, it, it, they're like, it's kind of funny the symmetry between these two teams because like they both are like suffering multiple or like injuries along the offensive line. They both have starting receivers coming back from torn ACLs and Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup, and they both yep. lost like a pretty big piece of their offense from last year. The Cowboys trading away Amari Cooper, the Bucks losing Antonio Brown due to his psychotic nature, and then Gronk retiring. So like a lot of interesting symmetry between these two teams. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get the Bucks at the pick em line either. I got them at minus 120, basically thinking that odds are going to shift in favor, more in favor of the Bucks after the injury news. It hasn't quite worked out that way, but we'll see. I mean, obviously we still have, what, 10 days before, 12, yeah. 12 days before the season starts. So we'll have to see um, like what happens closer to the closer to the week one, but yeah, Bucks money line is what I'm rolling with. Got it. All right, cool. So, so we're kind of on the same side on this one. So to wrap it up, we're moving on to Monday night. So for the first Monday night football game, uh, kudos to the NFL for setting up these narratives for us. So we have uh, Russell Wilson uh, and the Denver Broncos visiting uh, his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. So the Broncos at Seahawks. Um, so look, for Monday Night Football, 
It's it's a big number, guys. Mine is six. It's, I think it's sitting at six right now. So that's it makes me stop and it makes me hesitate. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a big uh, number. It is a big number. It is a big number. So here here's my thoughts, and I'll be brief on this one. I what is it? Geno Smith, right? Is Geno Smith starting yeah, he, for Seattle? He got he just named. announced, like right yesterday or today, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Geno Smith, Geno Smith, and um, probably not a great, um, you know, O line. Thirty uh, second best offensive line according to PFF. There you go. Also known as the worst offensive line. Yes. So, for those reasons, even though it is a large number, um, I am just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna roll and, and look. I don't think the Broncos are gonna be as amazing as as the hype is gonna be. I think it's gonna take time. When you have a brand new team, brand new QB just kind of being plugged in, I mean, it's going to take time, guys. So, But because of this situation and because of that specific matchup, if it's minus six, I am going to lean with the Broncos. I think if you it, – it's it's been wavering, and I've seen it go from six, six and a half. If it's six and a half, I, I'm going to stay away from it. But if it stays at six, then I'm probably going to just lean um, you know, with the Broncos. I just think – <laughs> this was just an easy sum for me. It's just if with that O line and with Geno Smith, I just I just see a hard time making a case for them to be able to keep up with legitimate weapons with numerous wide receiver options for someone who's a legitimate quarterback like Russell Wilson with a solid defense. I I I just it's scary. I don't know. It's just the number scares me a little bit. It makes me pause, but. I'm just going to have to go with minus six. And I know that was a very poor analysis, but <laughs> it's just so lopsided from a talent level, in my opinion, that that's literally my argument is just look at the talent. And there's a huge talent gap guys on in almost every aspect, literally that I, I don't even need to really go into details. If, if we just look at the DVOA rankings, it, 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 you're just going to see a huge disparity. I just don't know what else to say. I, yeah. That's all I have to say, literally. I, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I don't have a ton of analysis. Like the the spread opened up, I think, at Broncos either minus three and a half or minus four. And their money line odds, I think, were like minus 190. And they've already already been bet up. Now their money line is at like minus 250. Spread is that most books have it at six and a half, but you can get it at six, which I agree with. That's a big, it's important to get that half point. Obviously, like anything under seven. Um, it's going to be important, but I agree that like getting the sixth one is important. And and I'm with you. Like it's scary to back not only a, a new quarterback, but also a completely new coaching staff. So like this is new for it's new for literally everybody. Like yep. Nathaniel Hackett has never been a head coach before. Russell Wilson has never played not with the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll before. Like it's it's completely new. Like new defense, new defensive coordinator after having a defensive head coach in Vic Fangio last year. So like. Growing pains should be expected. Yep. Starting yep. in week two, <laughs> it's kind of where I lean. Like the Seahawks are just so bad. Like they don't, they're like so talent ridden and they do have good receivers. So, like, if DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can just like pop off for two long touchdowns where like Geno Smith just throws a slant pass that's taken to the house, then like maybe our whole argument is, is moot that like it doesn't matter. But like, offensive line literally lasts in the league. Like we all know what Geno Smith is at, at this point in his career. He's not good. Um, defensively, the Seahawks, like they can't generate a pass rush. Um, the guy um, who they, the trade, the guy they traded for 
Jamal Adams has been like a total disappointment. Like there's just, everything is bad about Seattle. And like Russell Wilson was just like holding that team together, like with like band-aid. It's like literally like it just holes sprouting everywhere. And they're just like patching on band-aids. And like, that's Russell Wilson with what he did to the Seahawks. Um, And I also think some people, like some quarterbacks would like show up in a revenge game. Some would shrink down. I would definitely put Russell Wilson in the category as someone who will show up, not someone who will shrink down, even though he's a, he's a weirdo. Like if, if I were ranking quarterbacks, I would want to get a beer with, I think he would be last. I think he would get the PFF's worst, get a beer with rankings in the entire NFL. Um, but as a quarterback, I mean, he's incredible. Um, and like I said, as I knocked my headphones out, he literally was just, he like kept that team afloat for years. So um, I'm with you. Like if the, if the spread had stayed Broncos minus four and a half, that would have been a mixed slam, but six and a half, six to give a prediction, I'll take the Broncos, but but that's like a, a lean more than a bet, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I agree. And and to be fair, I I, I mean, look, I I, actually, I really love uh, the duo of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and I, I I'm going to miss that trio of Russ airing it out to either one of those guys, right? I I, I mean, it's like pick your poison. So I, I give Geno Smith probably an opening drive good series, that first scripted first yeah. drive series. I'll give him that because we've there were there were some flashes to, to Gino's credit. I mean there was a couple of flashes where, you know, you even saw him last season. Like he was serviceable. And then there were some drives where you're like, wow. And then of course that didn't last for very long. So I, I give him a good series or two. I just I just think when you know that they don't have a legitimate run game and you know it's literally DK and it's literally Tyler Lockett, all you have to do is basically just key them and then just let them just let someone else beat you and your O-line can't fend off pressure. I think that's where that's the downfall, right? You may get DK or Tyler burning you for a series and you have a good series or two from Geno, and then I think that's all you're gonna get. From, from the Seahawks. And I don't think you're going to see much else, honestly. So again, kudos to the people who locked in early. I did have them pretty early on, uh, like really early. Like I put them in a parlay, two leg parlays. Cause I just, I just, when their money line was a bit, you know, nicer. I, I mean, I just, I just saw value there and I parlayed them with a bunch of other favorites earlier when the, when the lines are opened up. But at this point, like Matt is saying, it, it's tough. I, I don't care what anyone says, even though this, in my opinion, is lopsided on the books uh, on paper, six is a lot guys. Six is a lot in the NFL. Um, so, and it's week one new scenario. Like if this were a week seven game, yes, I'd probably hammer six once you kind of saw things were established and, and they were in rhythm in the Bron- on the Broncos side. But I'd say this is a lean. So I, I only put, you know, like a half unit on this one. So yeah, yeah. Um, I put a full unit when I got it earlier at this current spread, it would be a half unit. Um, but yeah, and even like as good as the receivers for Seattle are, the Broncos have a legitimately like top secondary. Like Patrick Sertan had a good rookie year. He's like, on track to be a shutdown cornerback. Um, I think opposite him, if I'm not mistaken, is Ronald Darby. I can't remember who their second corner is, but he's at, at a minimum. I remember in my research, him being at, like serviceable. And then Justin Simmons is an all pro safety. Like they're a good secondary. Um, so yeah, I mean, everything you said, I agree with. I do think what could be fun is like the top 10 rankings of quarterbacks to get a beer with. Now that like I, 
the Russell Wilson talk now just made me think about who would be a cool quarterback to get a beer with. Um, but in terms of in terms of this game, yeah, I, I mean, we're in agreement here. All right. So let's wrap it up, guys, for, for those of you who are just interested in our best bets. So what we're going to be doing probably moving on for the rest of the NFL season is Matt and I are going to give uh, each of our three best bets. Um, so it may not even be some of the ones we just previewed, but we're and they could be from the ones we previewed, but we're going to label our list our three best bets. We don't talk about it before each episode, so maybe by chance we, we're on the same ones, but uh, maybe there are three totally different ones, so you might get six independent, totally different bets. But um, and we're going to try to keep track of how we do over the course of the NFL season. So just to keep a transparent record to see if uh, we sh- you should be tailing us, fading us, whatever. Um, so we'll kick it off. So, um, Matt, why don't you give us your first one? What's what's your first best bet? And then we'll just kind of alternate back and forth. Sure. So um, I'll, uh, I will give a sneak preview. Two of them are ones that we've already talked about. Uh, okay. This one, Chiefs Cardinals over. Uh, I actually was actually I was actually able to get it at 52 and a half. Um, okay. So I got the half point lower than what it's currently set at for all the reasons I said. I mean, I think that game just going to have points galore. So uh, that's my first one. Chiefs Cardinals okay. over. Chiefs Cardinals over. All right. My first one is one that we did not talk about today. I did talk about in a previous episode and I, I, I still love it, guys. And this is my favorite of the faves. It is the San Francisco 49ers yep. in week one versus the Bears. 49ers. Minus six and a half. And if you caught it on our previous episode, go, go very, you could verify I said this minus six and a half was minus 115 on FanDuel. I think it's gone up to minus 120 now on FanDuel, but 49ers minus six and a half, minus 115. I love this so much. I put two units on it. So I put 230 bucks to win 200. Um, and I already went over how minus six is a big number. So yes, minus six and a half is an even bigger number. I just have that little faith in my Chicago Bears. They did nothing to improve their O-line. Justin Fields will continue to run for his life. He has no legitimate weapons outside of Darnell Mooney. Um, I don't know what they're planning to do, guys. Okay, so the biggest X factor is, is Trey Lance going to live up to the hype? I don't know, but I have faith in Shanahan. I have faith in their defense. I think they have a legitimate run game. They have legitimate weapons. It's too much. I think it's too much for the Bears to handle week one. So I am hammering the 49ers minus six and a half. They were, if I were to give a top four, they would be my fourth play, getting the 49ers at, at minus six and a half for everything you said. Um, I just, did Justin Fields look good in the preseason? No faith in your Bears? Didn't change your mind? <laughs> Yeah, he looked good in the preseason, but when when there's a real defense coming after him full force, I I just don't see that O line holding up to anything. Any, I don't think they could fend off anything. That I'm worried that he it's going to look somewhat similar to that Browns game where he was sacked eight oh or nine God, times. That was, or, you know, that was I'm, horrible. I'm worried that's what's going to happen week one. Forget the Browns. I I feel like the 49ers might just kill him. Like. Week one, I'm just yeah. I'm scared. I like Justin Fields, so you know, look if he if he somehow pulls off a miracle and they win, I mean, from a, a fanboy perspective, I'm going to be happy as a hometown fan, but I'll be pissed about my bet. <laughs> I just I I just I just don't see it happening, and and this is coming from a Chicago fan. I want them to win, but my mind and analytics and everything from DVOA to projections, I just I just don't see it happening, guys. I just don't. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, like that 
uh, game against the Browns was the worst coaching performance I've ever seen in my entire life. So you hope that the new coaching staff won't be as good or won't be as bad as that doofus Matt Nagy, who yeah, Eberflus has to be better. Has I mean, be. between like Matt Nagy and Joe Judge, like we had saw some of the worst coaching performances in the NFL last year. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I have no ill will or um, like fandom towards the Bears, but I had so much fun just roasting Matt Nagy last year because he's such a dunce, just such a dunce. Terrible, terrible. And look, guys, so on the record, minus six and a half is my pick. But if so, this is not towards my record. But if you if that six and a half is too large for you, I get it. Right. If you want to put them in the teaser, if you want to just put them in a parlay, I wouldn't blame you. I think that would be one of the safest legs of a parlay in all of week one, guys. I'm being serious. So that's an alternative option, but I am for the record going minus six and a half. Yeah, I like it. Um, the next one, again, when we already talked, or, excuse me, already talked about Bucks money line. Um, I think, I mean, all the, th- all the reasons I said, Ty- Tyron Smith is just a lot, I think for the Bucks or for the Cowboys to overcome. Uh, and I think the Bucks, I mean, I think they're just, they're just better. So away team, I'll take Bucks money line. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did sit there waffling between my Chiefs and Bucks bet, and then ultimately, I just think there is a bigger disparity in the Bucks Cowboys game that I, I am going to roll, but slightly different. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't screw me. But uh, they, win, I have they Bucks, win by one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I am going to take Bucks minus one and a half as uh, at minus one ten. That's going to be my second best bet, and then I was waffling between them and the Chiefs and. The unknown on the Chiefs' defense just scares me a little bit too much. Yeah. That um, I, I am rolling Bucks minus one and a half as my second best bet. Cool. And then the last one, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I can't remember. Uh, obviously, not one that we've previously talked about. Uh, the Ravens minus six and a half uh, against the Jets. It's a big number. Uh, we both have talked about how we are very high on the Ravens this year. Um, I have talked a lot about how I am low on the Jets this year, and that was before they were starting Joe Flacco in week one against the Ravens. Um, I think hopefully everybody saw Joe Flacco's pick six in the preseason yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, the one of the worst pat, like he j- literally might as yeah. well have just handed it off to the linebacker. Typical Joe Flacco fashion, terrible. He hasn't won a game since since 2019. Yep. The Ravens are like week one, just magician like they just not only do they win they pummel teams in week one um this is another stat that i looked up they so they lost in week one last year but every other game in week one they had won by like 30 45 like 38 points in in week one like i don't know whatever it is about the ravens in the preseason and week one but harbaugh just gets his dudes ready to play um and i think like lamar jackson being in a contract year i think is big i think he's like i think he's gonna have another not quite like you know, I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but an MVP caliber season. Um, and the Jets, like they had the 32nd ranked de- defense in terms of DVOA last year, and like they really didn't do a ton to fix it. Like they drafted Sauce um, Gardner Johnson, I think is his name, from Cincinnati in the draft, but he's a rookie cornerback. Like everybody says, if you take out court quarterback, cornerback is the hardest position to play as a rookie. Um, and I know they traded Hollywood Brown, which I think is a little bit concerning, but like, I like Mark Andrews. I like their running game. They have a good offensive line. Uh, I think Rashad Bateman's good. And I just think that like, again, I could see this being another game in which the Ravens win like 38 to 10 or something. Sure. 
Sure. No, I think that was another one of my favorite ones. I just, yeah, I just didn't want to put like two, you know, high spread bets, you know, in my top three, but that, that one was just missed the cutoff for me, but I, I totally agree with Matt. I think that's a solid, solid play. I'm super high on the Ravens this yeah. season and I, I could just see them steamrolling you know, uh, in, in week one. So I'll wrap it up. I'm going to complicate my life. Um, <laughs> cause now I need two things to hit, to hit one bet to, you know, add to my record, but I am going to go with a very simple, uh, parlay. Um, oh, I like it. Like, I'm going to do Eagles money line, Colts money line to come out to minus minus one twelve. Okay. So, okay. um, you know, it's weird. It almost, and I hate to use the word, but I am, I get to it. minus four, like it, feels trappy against the crap lines, which I think the lines are going to be better than last year. We've talked about that. They were actually like one of my super, super sleeper picks. If everything in the world went right, um, you know, and I just, they have a knack sometimes of just using weird trick plays last season and just screwing spread bets left and right here and there. So, Oh yeah, I could see that happening. And that was the only thing that made me stop and just take the Eagle solo is just, I don't know. It just, the lines are so wacky. I can see, I just see weird shit happening on week one that I, but I just, at the end, I feel that the Eagles win and I just see the Colts rolling because they're, they're well balanced that I just sandwich them together for a simple two leg. Uh, almost, I wish I could get it like minus 110, but minus 112. And, yeah. uh, you know, pretty close to a standard spread total type odds. So I'm, I'm taking Eagles Colts minus 112. So I don't want to do something juice to get like minus one one minus 150 to say i want to bet so minus 112 pretty close to like a minus 110 bet so yeah i did i i love doing a, a money line favorite parlay um i did i mean this isn't my official pick but i also locked in one i got saints money line uh 49ers money line and ravens money line at not, plus 146 not bad not bad not bad i see all three I like yeah. that one. Too. It's, yeah. it's three away teams, which is a li- like, I didn't realize until after, which is a little scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I week one, I think is the riskiest time to do that. But like, I, I mean, I had a ton of success with the favorites money line parlay um, last year. So maybe that'll be like a segment. Like we each give our, our money line favorites parlay. Yeah, no, we can do, we can do a short one. I mean, we can do a short one later. We, I mean, if people love those, so yeah, yeah. why not? We, we could do literally a uh, eight minute par money line parlay. <laughs> I, I swear, man, people like that stuff, man. So yeah, true, but cool. All right. So All right we'll, guys. Yeah, well, well, I'll, um, I'll create a Google doc where we can just track, track our bets. Um, that people can follow. I'll just make it, I'll make the link public. People can follow it. So we'll just track based on wins and like wins losses. We track based on like, assuming we played one unit on each one at the odds. How do you think we should go about tracking it? Um, I'd say for the sake of simplicity, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're not acting like we're professional cappers. So I'd say, let's just track wins and losses. Assuming we try to always keep it in that yeah, Maybe we're not no more, more, no more than that minus 120 range that we're not, you know, we're not trying to game each other by doing some two leg minus 180 to say we got a win or so, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so yeah, as long yeah. as we, we keep it somewhere in that reasonable minus 120 and better range, I think we're, you know, we, we just have a gentleman's agreement. We try to keep it somewhere around there. So I actually uh, d- took a teaser as my official play. I'm taking the uh, Broncos plus nine and a half as my official. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. So, cool. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a Google Doc. I'll keep track of it. Sounds good. So, guys, so follow along. Um, you know, we know this is kind of the, the lull and the doldrums of the summer, uh, but when NFL season kicks off, you know, in addition to, you know, these weekly longer episodes, as we said, we're, we're going to be doing a live betting specific episode on Sunday mornings uh, and doing it to give you enough time to kind of follow some of our bets or, or hear some of our angles, uh, trying to do it before primetime games. So these really quick, short um, you know, live kind of live streams to make sure that, you know, we can just do it live, do it quick when everyone's focused on gambling. So please follow along, please like subscribe, turn on your notifications for the sweat, the bet YouTube channel. That's brought to you by odds jam. Uh, again, I'm Andrew Kim, the parlay doc, uh, Matt Jedi Modi. So give <laughs> us a follow. Uh, follow along with our bets, track our records over the season. Uh, hopefully we have some fun together, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Jedi Modi and Parlay Doc out. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>